Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheidt. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the podcast. Today, we're going to have some fun together, and we're going to learn about the rapture. The rapture uh, has been in the news lately. It seems to be in the news, frankly, all the time because a lot of TV preachers talk about it. But of late, David Jeremiah has had a commercial on television, running on television. And so, People have been asking, what about the rapture? So I wanted to get into that today and see what the Bible has to say about that. To set the stage for this, we want to understand where this teaching of the rapture came from and uh, what it is. So let's start out with what it is. There is this idea around that, uh, speaking about the return of Jesus, that the return of Jesus is going to be uh, divided into different segments, that Jesus is going to return first secretly and rapture or take up all the Christians off the earth. So there's going to be this secret return of Jesus. He's going to take all the Christians off the earth. They're going to vanish. Uh, suddenly airplanes will become uh, pilotless. Suddenly the drivers will disappear from city buses. People will disappear from hospital beds. Uh, doctors and nurses in the middle of surgery will fly up into the clouds and meet Jesus in the air, and it will be the secret return of Jesus. It's exciting. And then there'll be this time period of great tribulation on earth, and then Jesus will come down to earth, and then there'll be a millennium, and then he'll come back again, and he'll leave again, and come back again, and then, oh my goodness, it's quite the scheme that people have put together. And finally, there'll be Judgment Day. And when people first hear about this great scheme of returns and leavings and comings and goings, they say, where's the Lutheran Church and all of this? We've never heard about this in our Lutheran Church. Well, the reason we've never heard about this in the Lutheran Church is because it's not in the Bible. And those passages where it is quote-unquote found in the Bible are misinterpreted in order to find it there. So let's take a look. Let's dive in. First, where did this teaching come from? Well, this teaching came, began really in earnest in the 19th century with a guy named John Darby in England. It was the same time as people were uh, rising up, various religious movements were rising up, the Mormon Church, the Jehovah's Witness Church, and now dispensationalism. Dispensational theology was uh, started there by John Darby in England and has spread like crazy throughout the United States um, on television all the time, TV preachers, all that kind of stuff. You can uh, find it taught um, in its purest form at Dallas Theological Seminary. Also, if you may have a Ryrie Study Bible or a Schofield Reference Bible sitting on your shelf, you can find it there. And all the details are laid out for you with these grand maps of how all the end of the world will take place and all the comings and goings of Jesus back and forth secretly, where people can see him, etc., back and forth, around and around it goes. Well, um, this teaching is not biblical. Uh, they are misinterpreting biblical passages. The teaching then was popularized by uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins in the Left Behind book series. And uh, some of you may have read one or more of these books. There's a, a bunch of books in the series. Uh, I'm sure, I don't know what they did with the money that made, but it made lots and lots of money and continues to make lots of money with this grand tale, this grand story of how the world is going to come to an end and what the process is all about. What's brought it to the fore of late 
is a commercial that's running on TV by a preacher named David Jeremiah. And um, I want to play this commercial for you. It's uh, it's a little bit hard to understand because uh, for whatever reason, my recording of it echoes a little bit, but you'll get the gist. And if you watch it on YouTube, you'll be, it's a pretty creative, pretty well done and pretty fun. So let's, uh, let's take a listen. When the rapture occurs, the world will capture the moment. Cell phones, security cameras, law enforcement body cams, doorbell cams, and more will all bear video record of the great disappearance. The world will reel with concern from watching this strange, mind-boggling and unbelievable video footage that goes viral across the globe. People vanish before their eyes, and all caught on camera. This event won't be science fiction, conspiracy theory, or mindless speculation. When Christ comes for his people, it will be in the twinkling of an eye. Between the resurrected dead and the rapture, billions of people will exit this planet in an instant, but billions will be left behind. It will be chaos on our globe, but an incredible glorious joy in the skies. This is the rapture, the great disappearance. It is vital to know what the Bible says about this coming day. The next event on God's prophetic agenda for the earth. Are you ready? All right, so uh, there it is. So uh, just a uh, disclaimer, I uh, used to believe in the rapture, uh, used to be a dispensationalist in my theology, so I kind of have an understanding of it. I know where it comes from, and I uh, had to wrestle through whether or not it was true, and uh, after some wrestling, figured out that indeed it was a misinterpretation of Scripture. So let me first begin here by telling you uh, where this teaching comes from in Scripture, and we'll talk about two passages where that are used uh, that are prominently used to talk about the rapture, and we'll see where they're misinterpreted. First, First Thessalonians chapter four, verses thirteen to eighteen. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of those who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. A couple key things about this verse. First of all, I've underlined the word coming on the YouTube version of this, because the word coming in Greek is parousia. There is, and you just cross-reference the word parousia in the Greek New Testament, and you'll get a great theology, a great picture of what the coming of the Lord is like. And so this passage is talking about the parousia, the coming of the Lord, the end of the world, the one and only coming of Jesus. Look how it will be visible. Verse 16, the Lord will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Do you think you won't see that happening? Do you think people won't hear that? We'll see later other passages that even more clearly say that this is a visible thing. Verse 17, 
After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together, will be raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the word rapture is a biblical word. There it is. It appears in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, that we'll be caught up together with them. So you have this picture. It's sequenced out, but it happens very quickly that Jesus, when he returns, it will be visible. We'll see that in some other passages in a moment. A visible return of Jesus. He'll bring with him those who have died already in the faith. And then, as he's coming down in the clouds, we, if we are still alive, we who are still left, if it would happen today, for instance, we would be raptured, we'd be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the judgment day scene will take place. Paul's not interested in that in 1 Thessalonians 4 because he's answering a different question. He's answering a question of whether the people who've already died will miss this return of Jesus. He's saying, no, they'll come with Jesus when he returns. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds, raptured up together. Judgment day will take place, and we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. But the word rapture here appears in verse 17, and uh, this is the beginning of the idea of a rapture that's separate, the, this is used. This verse is used as a verse that separates out the rapture from the visible return of Jesus to happen much later. It's a misreading of this verse. This whole section is about the parousia, the coming of the Lord, and it's clearly very visible as verse 16, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 talks about. Okay, let's take another uh, look at another verse that is uh, used often to talk about the rapture and see how this is another misinterpreted verse. The words of Jesus, Matthew 24, verses 37 to 42. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the parousia of the Son of Man. So this is Jesus' teaching here about the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up until the day Noah entered the ark. They knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming, the parousia, of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Matthew 24, verses 37 to 42. Key principle in interpreting the parables of Jesus is that the parables of Jesus are told to make one point and only one point. And when you start pressing the details, when you start looking at all the details and, and trying to make a, more points out of it, you can get confused. If the points you make beyond the first point line up with the rest of Scripture, you're okay. But if the points you start making don't line up with the rest of Scripture, in fact, contradict the rest of Scripture, then you're clearly not okay. What the dispensationalists do with this verse is they miss the main point. What's the main point? As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the parousia. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. That's the main point. Keep watch. They go beyond the main point. They, in fact, set aside the main point for this other point about one taken and other left, one taken, other left. Up until the day Noah entered the ark, the flood came, took them all away. So they put this together with the rapture and say, okay, whoa, look at this. This is a secret coming of Jesus where one is taken, the other is left. That's how they use this verse to talk about that secret early rapture, the secret coming of Jesus before the final coming of Jesus. When they do this, they're even doing it wrongly according to their own method. Why do I say that? Because in the days of Noah, the flood came and took them all away. 
who was taken away during the flood? Who was, we'll use their word, raptured during the flood? It was the evil people who were taken away at the days of Noah. They conveniently missed that fact and instead used this verse to talk about how the good people, the godly people, the Christians will be taken away. So even in their misuse of this parable of Jesus, they're getting the details wrong. All right, hope you followed that. Two more verses then very clear about the parousia and about its being one coming of Jesus that's visible. Check out Matthew 24, verses 23 to 28. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Look, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, he came secretly. Do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, he came secretly. Do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the parousia. How about that? As lightning that comes from the east is visible in the west, so will be the parousia. The coming of the Lord will be visible. Jesus is very clear. He's emphatic about that here. There's not a secret coming. Don't, don't uh, if somebody says, oh, he came in the clouds. Uh, you know, you missed it. Don't believe it, Jesus says. The coming is visible. It's very clear. It's unmistakable. Matthew 24, verses 23 to 28. One more scripture, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 4 to 10. Again, this is Peter talking about the parousia. Peter writes, they will say, where is this parousia he promised? Where is this coming? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. In other words, time doesn't matter with God. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Here comes the key. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Do you think that when the day of the Lord comes, you won't see that? The heavens disappearing with a roar, the elements destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it laid bare? I think we'll see it. I think we'll know when Jesus comes. So, there you go. This teaching of a rapture is biblical, but what is the rapture? It's the last day. It's the day when Jesus comes back visibly, when we who are left on earth, as 1 Thessalonians 4 talks about, rise up into the air to meet Jesus in the clouds as he returns for his second coming. There's only one second coming. There's not multiple comings of Jesus as the dispensationalists talk about. So we do, as Lutherans, believe in the rapture, but it's really not that big of a deal in that it's not separate from the day of the Lord. It's not separate from the end of the world. It's part of the whole judgment day scene as is laid out in scripture. So don't be deceived and um, don't, I mean, they're good novels. They're interesting left behind series, but don't waste your money because you'll put all kinds of false teaching in your head. If you got them, take them, toss them out in the trash. Uh, just read the Bible and find out the truth about Jesus' return. All right. Well, that's what we got for you today at Eagles on the Hill. We want to encourage you to write us at Eagles on the Hill 211 at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about uh, this podcast or others that you've heard us do. Uh, give us some ideas on topics that you'd like to see us talk about in the future. Remember, as we close, the promise of God in Isaiah 40 that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and fly 
on wings like eagles. Won't it be an exciting day if Jesus returns while we are alive and we get raptured up to meet him in the air and fly on wings like eagles? Looking forward to that day. It's going to be pretty fun. Thanks for listening.